Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the 360 Recruiting Podcast, a podcast for OU Recruitniks, presented by Sooners360.com. Each and every week, we catch you up on the latest in OU recruiting, including offers, evaluations, schedules, opinions, and more. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the 360 Recruiting Podcast presented by Sooners360.com. We are doing a special two-part episode this week. So we will be recording part one tonight. Uh, it is Thursday, and we will record part two when Caleb gets back and joins us on Sunday to do more of a deep dive into some of these newest commitments we're about to talk about. Um, so today, just uh, a brief news segment, and I'm joined, as usual, by Chris Mason, lead recruiting analyst over at Sooners 360, to go over that latest news. Before we jump in, just a reminder to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Chris, it's been a good week. We've talked about these lulls recently. Uh, There's been a lot of commotion on the boards and in OU's recruiting world leading up to this week. But really, the tides seem to be changing. Some big names are committing. What's going on? What's the latest? Well, obviously, um, we'll get to the the biggest news since we recorded at the end of last week, which would have been the Saturday commitment by Davon Mitchell, the uh, star tight end previous, previously from Allen, Texas, who's now out in California at Los Alamitos High School. It was down to Miami, uh, Alabama, and Oklahoma, and he kind of had connections with all three, if you can sort of count. Miami's NIL as a, as a connection, but he's originally from Alabama. So the Alabama pitch, you know, kind of, you know, resonated with him a little bit. Uh, he had a good visit to Miami. Obviously they made it, you know, made it a very attractive proposal, um, but he was able to, he, he stuck with his OU commit. He stuck with his interest level in OU. OU had been leading for a while. Uh, he had been, his connections with Michael Hawkins are deep when I interviewed him. It was, uh, I interviewed him about two months ago. It was very clear that he was very tight with Michael and he wanted to play with Michael. Uh, and he also, you know, he also knows, a, you know, he also knows a lot of the Texas talent from the skill talent from seven on seven and, and camp events. So, you know, OU obviously, you know, had an advantage from, from that aspect, but, you know, Really, this is he's he's super talented. You know, he was a five star in the 2025 class. Um, he's been reclassified and ranked now in the 24 class. And right now they have him. Uh, right now, he's basically uh, he's been ranked in the top uh, top 100 by three 
two of the services, Rivals and 247. And he's right outside the top 25 with on three. And I don't know when ESPN will get around to ranking him. But if you look at the 247 composite, he now has a score and he's, you know, right around, uh, right around the top 100 level. So uh, that's a huge addition for OU. He's the second, second highest class, second highest recruit in the class now behind Zion Kearney. And really, OU did not have a really good backup option uh, at tight end for this class. This was kind of a Joe John Finley, Davin Mitchell or Buss kind of um, uh, approach. The only other guy that they were really recruiting in the 24 class at tight end was Cooper Alexander, the son of Stephen Alexander. And he he decided he was more comfortable sticking with Iowa State, who'd been recruiting him uh, all winter and, and spring. So OU was unable to make any progress with top uh, top 200 talents at tight end, like Jaden Riddell out of Missouri, who chose Georgia, or Carter Nelson from Nebraska, who chose NU. So really, this was this was Mitchell or bust and. And, you know, Matt, I really think that if OU had not got Mitchell, you know, you, you could start asking what, you know, what was John, Joe John Finley really doing with this tight end class? Because he didn't bring any, he didn't, he didn't bring any official visitors in for the tight end position in June. And there were really no tight ends visiting unofficially during that whole stretch in, in March and in in March and uh, April that we kept referencing all these names. There was, there was no tight end. So props to, to, to Joe John Finley for getting the highest ranked tight end OU signed probably since Jermaine Grisham. And that's 2006 right now. That's 2006 class to put some, put some dates around it. Um, but yeah, it's really, I think it's probably the biggest roster gap um, for 2024, uh, right now that, that gets a huge commitment inside of it. So Matt, it's just a, it's a big, it's a big acquisition for OU in, in, in terms of needs and in terms of the, it just, not just this class, but in terms of the roster overall. Yeah. When I read your five thoughts for this week, you, you did one of those segments on Mitchell and that, you know, roster gap you mentioned and, you know, that really put it into perspective for me. I, I totally wasn't thinking about that. You know, I'm excited about Cade McIntyre. Uh, we've talked about him on the pod before. Now his weight and measurement just hit the new OU roster, 6'3", 225. Little bit smaller than maybe we expected. So maybe that made it even more important that Mitchell is on yeah, board. We, we were kind of thinking he was 235 based upon his Twitter posts. And maybe 6'4". Yeah, well, I, the height thing kind of the OU roster height stuff is always up for debate. But um, him being, I, I thought he'd be around two thirty, maybe. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be hard for uh, unless that weight changes drastically between sometime between now and September. It's gonna be hard, I think, for him to see the field at tight end. And we kind of thought that maybe he was going to. Yeah, and uh, just quickly, Helms gained another five pounds. He's up to 235, which is promising. And uh, Llewellyn dropped the 16 pounds he had gained since he's been on campus. 
So he is back to uh, 250, which is also promising. Uh, one of those guys should step up behind Stogner, but there's still no hardly what well, one both, catch and they're both. Them. Yeah, they're both also the injury status is a little a little all over the place, right? Right. Where there's rumors around that Helms has a knee injury that he needs to get cleaned up still. And um, Llewellyn's been suffering for, from foot problems. Maybe the weight drop was to try and put a little less stress. Um, so, but as you, to your point, neither guy has a catch, and we didn't see them catch a pass in the spring. Either one's catch a pass in the spring game. The only tight end who who with the, who caught a touchdown was Blake Smith, and then we saw then we saw Daniel Faneel catch a touchdown. So, um. You know, that's – and Blake Smith is probably more of just a blocking tight end. Um, that's a guess. And we didn't see – and then Hampton Fay hadn't – I don't think Hampton Fay had, had, had enrolled yet. So uh, it's it's Austin Stogner and a whole lot of we don't know right now. So David Mitchell is, is committed to trying to come in and enroll early. And if he can pull that off, I, I think he's a serious threat to start fall of, of 2024, or at least the other guys on the roster better get their acts together to stop that from happening. Well, he definitely has the talent to pull that off. So that'll be one to watch. You know, it's going to be difficult to enroll 18 months early, but he's got a plan. It seems like he's had a plan this whole time. So we'll have to see yeah. how that works out. And then, yeah, and then obviously, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and then on the other side of the ball, we got some good news as well. Uh, Jaden Jackson, defensive tackle from IMG. He is David Stone's interior runmate over there in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, OU, it seemed like, you know, he wasn't really a guy we talked about much up until about a month ago. His visit got scheduled. David Stone's been pretty active on social media, recruiting him as a non-commit, uh, which has been interesting to see. But Jackson pulls the trigger today. Um, Chris, what what happened there, and and how did OU close that deal? Well, OU seemed to you're right. We didn't talk about him much because OU seemed to be on the periphery of his recruiting, and then he came to visit officially right after the uh, big weekend, the big barbecue weekend. I think that Monday and Tuesday following, he was one of the two kids on campus along with uh, Dozy. Uh, uh, Azukama. So are you kind of going two for two? Well, actually going two for three for guys who visited right after the the, the barbecue weekend. And we'll get to the, the negative loss here in a minute. Um, so I think OU made a presence there, but I think most folks thought Ohio State or Texas was leading. And we didn't get any great indicators from our sources about uh, Jackson's visit. Um, we, got, we, got, we, got a, we got a bunch of insider information on the other D-line guys, but Jackson seemed to kind of slip through the cracks. So it's kind of been building to what we all thought was going to be a Texas win. And again, Monday morning, this was looking like a Texas, Texas was going to pick him up. But kind of recently, Texas picked up Alex January, the big defensive tackle from Duncanville. And they're after um, uh, Dontre Robinson, I think is his name. He's a defensive tackle from... Uh, I think he's from Mississippi, Florida, Louisiana. Is it Florida? I think okay. Florida. Yeah, I know Florida wants him. So uh, he's from the SEC area. I, 
sorry, I don't know the name because OU's never been involved with the kid. So, um, so yeah, so it looked like they were maybe focusing on him. And then this other kid, Melvin Hill, who I think is from Louisiana. So Texas, I think, kind of had their um, their attention spread between three guys that they wanted, and they wanted to pick up two of them. So I think that kind of allowed OU to kind of say, hey, we, you know, we we really want you. We want you to be part of this class. And I think David Stone really helped. And and Matt, OU's got a really good relationship with IMG. It kind of slipped by everyone's attention that IMG brought in a bunch of 20, 25 and 26 kids to the OU summer camps. And a bunch of those kids got um, OU offers, scholarship offers. So OU and IMG are, and and when Brent was at Clemson, Clemson had really good connections at IMG. So I think that kind of connection kind of built it up. And I think to a certain degree, um, I think the thought of perhaps being lined up next to his high school buddy, David Stone, and terrorizing offensive linemen with David next to him kind of kind of won the day. And it's been kind of funny. I had some people ask me, does, does Jaden Jackson, does that help OU with David Stone? I'm like, I kind of think that's been the other way for about the last 30 days. It's it's David Stone helping OU get Jaden Jackson. So, uh, and I think kind of maybe a if you're looking for tea leaves to read, I, I think David Stone's actions today um, are a pretty heavy indicator of 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 OU's current lead um, with the talented five star uh, top six player in the nation. Uh, defensive tackles. So, but I think it was also very interesting. You saw a lot of other posting traffic from from other recruits. Uh, you saw Nigel. You saw Nigel Smith posting. You saw Zena Muzalu posting. We've seen Caden Durham and Xavier Robinson posting today. So it's uh, it's been a very interesting Twitter follow the follow the Twitter field follow the Twitter feeds today in terms of the action. I, I think Jack Jackson is ranked as a top 200 player, four-star by rivals. And um, they have, they're interestingly enough, have their, their, their viewpoint on Jackson is very different from some other sites. And I don't know if they're paying more attention to Jackson or they've been to IMG more often, but uh, you know, we'll leave this to Caleb. We won't take still, still too much of Caleb's thunder, but, but Matt, I, I watched this kid on film and he just, you could just imagine him being kind of the, the Dusty Dvorak to Tommy Harris or Adrian Taylor to, to Gerald McCoy. Uh, you can just imagine him being kind of the, the foil to the David Stone inside and just being like, wow, man, I know David Stone was a five-star, but who's that Jaden Jackson guy? Um, just kind of that, you know, the underappreciated uh, defensive tackle partner for the five-star five-star kid. OU's hopefully going to be able to sign. I mean, and IMG plays a tremendous schedule, and he is just demolishing offensive linemen in his highlight reel. Yeah, and we've you know talked about the SEC move almost ad nauseum at this point, but you have to stack defensive linemen and especially interior guys move into that league. You know, Jackson Barry put a put a review up on the board not too long ago. One of his last lines was. He, he's not just a filler in this class. He is a legit prospect for this class. He's perfect for going to the SEC. And to tease another conversation that we'll have on part two on Sunday 
it does sound like uh, NIL, NIL played a little bit in this recruitment. So um, stick to part two coming out Sunday evening for our little roundtable segment on NIL. Um, Chris, uh, just it's, one other, just one other thing, Matt, is that, sorry, is that I know he's a three star, but when you're beating Ohio state for defensive linemen, you're, you're and Ohio state was clearly in this thing was clearly a choice for him. And he, and they wanted him when, I mean, we can just talk about the, uh, the defensive lineman OU has lost to Ohio state in recruiting the last three years to basically say, if you're beating Ohio state and beating Larry Johnson, Jr for an interior defensive lineman, you're, you've accomplished something, right? Normally, sometimes offers and all that, sometimes you're like, ah, does that really mean anything? But uh, I'm sorry, you, you beat Larry Johnson Jr. for an interior defensive lineman, you, you've accomplished something. Yeah, and add in the fact that the rest of the top five was Texas, Florida, and Miami. What more could you want? Georgia, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and of course, they. but if they're so loaded everywhere else and have stolen, you know, stole JJA from us, I don't think, you know, and he doesn't fit their scheme at all. I mean, he's a classic. If you think about, you know, I, I'm i going to steal a comp from Caleb, and he's probably going to be pissed at me when I mention this. But if you think about Grady Jarrett at Clemson, 6'1", 300, 6'2", 300 pounds, inside guy who just was impossible to move and provided a good interior pass rush, I... I you know, I'm, I'm going to steal that comp and I'll, I'll take the ire of, 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 of Caleb on Sunday. Yeah, just a, a huge ass, right? I mean, that's, that's really <laughs> what it boils down to. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but you think about, oh, you got, I don't want to say lucky, but um, Coach Bates was able to uh, get Marcus Strong and Ashton Sanders last class, right? And all the signs indicated that, you know, they lost, they, uh, they lost LeBlanc, but all signs are that Ashton Sanders is gonna is gonna be at the very least a rotational contributor. And the signs on Marcus Marcus Strong at signing day were pretty strong. We haven't heard anything about him since he enrolled, but you know, so if you can get that and then you bring in a good, good deep class coming up with say Jaden Jackson, David Stone, um, maybe you've got Nigel Smith. As a, as another rotational piece, inside outside, big defensive end, three technique tackle, uh, with Grayson Holton being a class ahead of them. Here and and we're hearing that Kevin Kelvin Gilliam's back; he's doing well. That's what that was another thing from the the media sessions today. You're, you're starting to see a D line group that is got has got some depth, got some size, and could and could play in the SEC. All right, well, momentum seems to be picking up. Uh, two huge pickups there in Mitchell and Jackson. Uh, before we get to some f- possibly future positive news, we always have to bring up the negative when we talk about the news in recruiting. Chris, real quick, what, what are some negative hits lately? Well, as expected, Marcus Easley, despite not having UGA as one of his final three, chose UGA. We've been telling you that for about two weeks. It doesn't make an ounce of sense on paper, but he chose UGA. Bennett Warren is confirmed. The offensive tackle Bennett Warren is confirmed to be down to Michigan and Tennessee. And of course, as we've been telling you guys for about two weeks, Casey Poe was going to choose Alabama and he did. So three O-line hits, three more hits for coach Bedenbaugh. I know he's probably as frustrated as anybody. 
Uh, of those three, I would say Casey Poe is the biggest gut punch. You led there for, you've been invested in that recruiting for about, for at least 12 months, maybe 18 months. You've been leading and you, you, you just got out recruited by Nick Saban in Alabama, you know, um, maybe six and seven didn't help. Didn't was the final, was the final gap that opened the door for Alabama just enough to, to, to start pushing and win this recruiting. Warren and Easley are, along with Caden Massey, has just, that means that you've got to land Grant Bricks at tackle, basically. Um, it makes the Grant Bricks recruitment. Um, it's raised the stakes on that greatly. And then, Matt, there was this Harrison Utley, the Norman North player, and what I think is like an internet Twitter first for me, he, he kind of weirdly announces that OU had offered him but in the same post, he said, "But I'm staying with KU." And I mean, we're used. I mean, I'm used to guys who've got who've been committed to Oklahoma for like a year will post, "Hey, I'm happy to receive an offer from Georgia or Tennessee," and it's like, "Oh, okay." I mean, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. He's still committed to Oklahoma. But it's it's the first time Utley. Sorry, it's the first time I've seen a commit say at the same time say, "Um, you know." Oh, you offered me, but I'm ditch. I'm that, but the hell with them. I'm staying with Kansas. It was it's a little strange. Um, like maybe maybe he's a little more annoyed that OU waited to offer him than 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 you would generally think. So um, that's the four pieces of negative news, and unfortunately, they all land on the offensive line side of the ball. Well, I think that. Utley stuff just adds to the weirdness of this recruiting cycle for Biedenbaugh, right? I mean, it's just yeah, he's, he's probably can't just catch a break. His hair out. Yeah, yeah, he's like, did I was did I like kick? Have I been kicking puppies? And and people have been posting videos of this on YouTube. Is you know, have I have what have you know? Did I break five mirrors? Was I walking under ladders? I mean, it's like you know, what what, what do I have to do to buy a break here? So. It's strange. It's just strange. It's a little strange at this point. It's past well, the point of past the point of, of 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 frustration. We've reached the strange level. Well, we'll get to some new offers that he has sent out, hopefully to replace some of those guys here in a minute. But uh, Chris, other positives are probably coming. What's the commit schedule for the rest of the month? Well, let's just talk the rest of the week because the month could get a little. Matt, the month could get a little interesting with some kids making some decisions. So for for at least the next week, we have Zion Reagans announcing on 718, and everything is pointing towards him choosing OU. He's obviously the top 200 super speedster from Georgia. Uh, he's claiming, you know, sub four, several sub 4340 laser times. And in pads, he looks he looks elite fast. So this would be a big addition, and it would give OU five wide receivers, which is kind of interesting from a certain, uh, you know, build the class, track the scholarships open kind of circumstance. Then the other huge piece of news is Taylor Tatum is announcing on 721, and that's still trending to OU as well. And Taylor Tatum is obviously the composite five-star, generally considered the number one running back in the country. Uh, on three has uh, Nathan Frazier, the uh, Major Day running back, as the number one running back in the country. Kind of not sure how he he got better than Tatum over the last three weeks, but okay, nonetheless. 
But Tatum is the number one guy, and he's trending heavily to OU. And in what I believe is good offensive line news, I've got finally some good offensive line news to report. It uh, looks like Eugene Brooks, the uh, three, four-star offensive guard from Chatsworth, California, is trending to OU. Uh, according to 247 and on three, and, and, I, and I think now rivals, We've we've seen forecasts from all three of those networks forecasting uh, Brooks to OU and Matt. I think we may actually see his commitment sometime next week. And um, he's he's uh, we'll let we'll we'll let we'll let Caleb do a more in depth analysis on him. But when I watched his film, I was I was surprised at how athletic he was. And uh, I read a recent article on him from two four seven, which said that. He's right around 320, 325 right now. That's what everybody's kind of reporting. He said, it indicated over the last two years, he's dropped 50 pounds of bad weight. So that's a really positive sign um, when, you know, someone, you know, works to get themselves that much in shape. It's a similar story to Ashton Sanders, actually. He, he dropped about a bunch of bad weight before getting to OU. So we could have an offensive guard to go with Isaiah Ortria at offensive tackle. And if if you're worried about that ranking for Brooks, you know he's I think he's a composite three star. It's kind of the same story with with Jackson. Just follow yeah. the offers, follow the follow, the top threes, the top fives. He's in on, uh, or some good schools are in on his recruitment: Texas, yeah. Oregon, USC, Georgia. It's, Georgia was Georgia was floating around him until they picked up their other three hundred and sixty pound monsters from elsewhere. Yeah. So offensive line. I mean we. We can talk about it all day, but the rankings isn't everything. It is something to go off of, but it is. It is. Follow the offers for that guy and check out the film and just know he does have some baby weight to lose, but he's still quick. He's still athletic. And again, and you can't, you can't, you can't fix that. Bill, Bill can fit. Schmitty can fix, fix him up in terms of tone and strength, right? We know that, but he's, he's not making. We've seen, we know he can't make big guys with slow feet have quick feet, right? He just can't. Just doesn't happen. Yep, for sure. Um, and again, we won't steal too much from from Caleb's thunder uh, on the evaluations there. Bill has sent a couple new 2024 offers out. Chris, who who are these players that Bill's looking at to replace Easley, Warren, Poe, etc.? Yeah, so he offered first Joshua... Uh, I'm going to say Isosa. I believe that's how you say his name. He's from uh, Edmund Santa Fe. He's about, he's listed anywhere from 6'4", six, six, you know, 6'5", six, 6'3", six, three, 300 pounds. Um, so he's probably somewhere in that range. Probably being recruited as an offensive guard. But if he's if he's 6'4", and he's got a long wingspan, Matt, obviously right tackle, you know, the ability to flex out to right tackle is probably a possibility. I think he'll probably, uh, he sounded really excited. Oh, on social media, he sounded really excited about the OU offer. So I think there's a good chance that OU will try and get him on campus maybe the end of the month at the event they're going to hold, the the 24, uh, 24 event they're going to hold. And uh, I think he would be a well-worth addition, but we'll, we'll let Caleb give you a little more of a, an opinion there. And then obviously the more you know interesting offer, if nothing if if based upon locale, if nothing else, is OU offered Daniel uh, Akin Kimi from NFL London Academy. 
And um, I just interviewed him. So we're going to have, uh, I think, the first Sooner site interview with him. And that will be up on our on our premium site in the next couple of days. Now, he's, he's 6'5", 300 pounds. Uh, he, he told me he runs a 4.9540, which at that size weight, is is you know high NFL combine kind of numbers, and uh, just to tip off one thing from the interview, I know you know you may be wondering as a Sooner fan, why are we offering guys from London? Why are we offering English players? We're not, we don't have a soccer team, what what what, or a rugby team. Uh, well, what are we doing? Um, he's been he's been he's he's at an NFL academy that has produced college football talent. Uh, Tennessee just took a defensive end from his school called Emmanuel Okoye, and he was ranked by 247 Composite as a four-star player. So there's so there's talent there. It's just raw. But the interesting thing, Matt, which he mentioned to me at the very end of the interview, is uh, IMG wanted him to transfer there. So I think that tells you that maybe he's not such a, uh, such a you know, flyer, weird, raw weird offer. Yeah, raw. I mean, he may be raw, but... You know, I, IMG's not offering to bring a kid over from England if they don't see something. And we know IMG's roster is, roster is loaded. We know how they evaluate kids. So I thought that was a very interesting sign that maybe this isn't quite the, you know, super bizarre project. What is OU doing? Um, and, and it makes, also kind of makes you wonder if maybe IMG tipped off uh, Bill Biedenbaugh about him. I've, I've got nothing to confirm that, but... It's not hard to, uh, I mean, Bill just offered three or four IMG offensive linemen for the 25 and 26 classes who are talking up OU. So it may not be the, may not be the strangest coincidence. So. All right. And then um, you did mention that, you know, we had Raggins, Tatum, Brooks probably coming up in the next week. There are a few more. What, let's see, we've got Patterson McDonald. He is committing on. July 31st. So just after that event at the end of the month, which we believe he'll be there. Yeah. But we don't think, I don't think it'll be interesting to see if David Stone can be in there because Twitter kind of blew up this, this evening because Jaden and Jaden is not Jaden committed uh, today from Indianapolis. He wasn't at IMG. So apparently, you know, Stone said, Hey, you know, Stone just tweeted like the 20th to Jaden and everyone thought that that, you know, that David Stone was telling Jaden when he was going to commit. It said it, that's just when David Stone's going back to IMG for their camp. So um, it seems hard to believe that he's going to go back on the 20th, start camp at IMG and have the time really to fly back for the, the party at the Palace event. So Patterson McDonald will be there, but I doubt David Stone will be there. But, you know, he might. He might hop on a flight. You never know. He's he always shows up at OU at mysterious times. That's been a part of this recruiting, uh, this this recruiting story. All right. So Patterson McDonald on the thirty first. Who who else is coming up that we know about? That's a legit OU target. So Steve Wiltfong had an interview with Jamar Mosey, where it's certainly it seems to be that that Williams Winery is gonna commit around eight one. Then he gave an interview to Chad Simmons, which seemed to be more vague about his time frame. So so Matt just sort of like put it put it in a raceable pen that maybe 8-1 is going to see an end to the Williams Winery recruiting. 
which would be a huge date to track and a, and a huge uh, decision in terms of uh, recruiting for OU. But a def definitive guys who who are on on the record. Caden Durham is choosing eight twenty five. I believe that's the same day they play South Oak Cliff. I think that's one of their first games. So I think there's some connection there. And then Braden Platt is going to commit nine four, and he's down to Oregon and OU. And nine four is his mom's birthday. So the OU and Oregon, this this looks like one of the legit 50-50 kind of fights, man. I don't really see how we're going to get an indication that it's any different. If he doesn't visit either Oregon or OU uh, at the end of July, I think we're going to spend 30 days trying to piece together small pieces because Platt's pretty quiet on social media. So we're going to be we're going to be spending we're going to have to use our recruiting uh our, our recruiting uh eight ball to try and figure out where Platt's going because it's it's Oregon and OU and it looks like it's just sort of like a 50-50 tug of war kind of death match. And then Nigel Smith who's posted lots of stuff about OU today on Twitter is going <clears throat> is going on 9 uh the 8th of September and that's all associated with he's had that plan since I talked to him had an interview with him about um, probably in, in March. I think I had that interview. Great interview. It's online on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Just look Nigel Smith interview and look for 360, uh, Sooners 360. And he mentions that's when he was going to commit. So he's just sticking to a plan. And that's all connected to um, uh, Melissa, Texas's new high school stadium unveiling, opening, whatever you want to call it. All right. So real quick, we we had a a little uh, mod chat the other day uh, with us, with Caleb, with some of the other guys from 360 about Braden Platt when that announcement did come up. And just, it just seems like Oregon didn't really capture all that momentum we thought that they might have. What What are your thoughts there real quick? I, I can, I can, Matt, I can really talk myself into OU winning this recruiting battle. Maybe maybe too much. Um, Oregon seems like the obvious decision in terms of just like location and some of the track and field things. But you know, then I then I have then I'm imagining Braden Platt sitting in a room, sitting in, in Brent Venable's office, and and Brent telling him that he he wants to make him the ultimate destroying middle linebacker that that he's always wanted to build. Um, you know that. You know, I, you know, you're going to spend the weekend with Curtis Lofton, Rufus Alexander, Lance Mitchell, and am I missing a linebacker? And James Skalski, um, you know, who have played in numerous, some have national championship rings, the other ones played in national championship games with me. Um, so I, and Dan Lanningham's a good defensive coach with a good defensive rep, but you know, if I was just if I was Platt, who is a unreal looking middle linebacker, I mean, there's a there's a clip he has where he just absolutely buries a running back, you know, Mike linebacker shooting right through the middle, blowing up everything. I I, I don't know how you don't want to be coached by Brent Venables. So I, I've just talked myself into saying. Braden Platt to OU, but really, if you're, if I pull back everything and I'm trying to, and I trying to, you know, piece together this, you know, 
piecing this together. I, I just don't know where he's going. Well, it'll be an interesting one to follow. Um, all these names, we've been talking about them on the board, so head over to Sooners 360 to check that out. Um, we've got those commitments coming up soon. Uh, we're not ready to make any forecasts on these guys yet, but we're still working the channels to see if we can get some inside intel. So those would be posted over at Sooners360.com. And again, this is a two-parter this week. Uh, this wraps up part one. We will be recording part two on Sunday with Caleb to talk about some of these players a little bit more in depth uh, and do that little NIL roundtable that uh, I teased earlier. So head on over to the board of Sooners360.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform of choice so you don't miss that second episode uh, dropping Sunday night. And we will see everybody on Sunday and around the water cooler. And Chris has Just, one more thing to say. I have one last thing. News-wise, OU has offered a, another 2024 high school quarterback, uh, uh-huh. Trevor, Trevor Jackson from Florida. He was at the Elite 11 and won the award for best arm velocity, which I guess is an award. Uh, his films looks a lot like Michael Hawkins' film, and he's, he's picking up offers, but... OU's trying to get him on campus and um, efforting to sign a second high school quarterback again after losing out on Samaj Jones. I don't know how successful that will be. Jackson's picking up quite a bit of interest off his Elite 11 camp efforts, but contrary to what we had said previously, OU is going after another another high school quarterback. Well, it has seemed that that was the plan that they wanted to go with, and maybe they didn't really find anybody until... They found him, decided to go ahead and extend the offer. So, again, head over to the board. We'll we'll have the latest on that as we hear more. And we will see you all on Sunday, and we'll see you on the board. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.